Welcome to Figuring Out Families by Magellan Media, where we help make families the best they can be. We're pleased to be joined by marriage counsellor and family expert Derek Boylan for what we are calling the Focus Sessions, aimed at helping families with relationship issues. Together with Derek, over a number of these sessions, we will explore the most pressing issues facing families today. We hope you enjoy and find this series valuable. Welcome back, Derek. Uh, today's focus session, we're looking at infidelity, which is a, an interesting one. And uh, I think uh, we've all read and heard stories over the years about infidelity. And it, it is a major problem and a, a cause of uh, relationship uh, breakup. Am I right there? Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's an interesting area. It's certainly, um, you know, when I'm working with uh, couples who are engaged, you know, I think probably almost all of them uh, think that the only possible reason that would give them you know, reason to consider whether they would want to stay in their uh, future marriages if that person was unfaithful to them. I mean, certainly we know that it's absolutely not the most common reason why couples get divorced. Uh, the most common reason is uh, is lack of communication and uh, and the habitual avoidance of conflict, which is probably the last thing that most engaged couples would think that would be a reason why they would get divorced. However, sure. having said that, Infidelity is pretty common in our community, and uh, and certainly it's a big challenge, you know, a big challenge for couples to try and work through. Okay, some couples don't help themselves with poor choices like infidelity. Um, so you, through your work as a marriage counsellor, does that come up a lot? Infidelity as the main problem? Yeah, it does come up quite regularly in my work because often when it when it comes up in a couple relationship, it's it's huge. It's a it's like a bombshell that's just gone off. And they're really struggling to work out how to even begin to have a conversation that might be helpful uh, for their relationship. And so, uh, so often they will turn to a counsellor or psychologist in those instances. And it is actually more common than maybe most people imagine in our community. What we know is that almost 25% of couples in our community will experience infidelity, um, uh, emotional or otherwise, at some point in their in their relationship. So it is a, a pretty common uh, experience uh, to some extent for many, many couples. And uh, and certainly we know a lot about actually how to help couples to, to work through some of those things. Is it more common today or do we just know more about it because of social media, new technologies, things like that? Or easier for people to find these things out than to say it would have been 100 years ago? Yeah, that's a great question, David. Look, I suspect that uh, there's, I don't have much in the way of hard data about it, but I do suspect it is more common these days than it has been in the past, uh, mainly because, you know, social media makes it easy to hide things. Um, but also when we communicate with people via social media, you know, Messenger and other sorts of things, what, what the research does tell us, what we do know about that is that intimacy progresses very quickly in social media, by social media, when we're communicating via messenger, uh, much more quickly than it does in, you know, face-to-face -face relationships, contact with people. You know, there's a sort of, a, because it's online, you know, it just feels like there's not as much risk um, that I'm taking when I reveal things that are personal to me, to that person. And when, as I reveal those sorts of things, intimacy develops that might actually be unhealthy for the relationship that I'm in. And, uh, and I suspect that because of that, sometimes people without necessarily intending to suddenly find themselves in, in hot water, um, you know, talking to people uh, and allowing a relationship to develop that probably actually if their partner knew they wouldn't feel comfortable with. And, uh, and I always sort of think that's a pretty good rule of thumb. If I'm communicating something with anyone uh, on any level that I feel that Karen would not be comfortable with me sharing, I'm probably crossing a line. 
and uh, sure. and I need to be careful about that. Okay, uh, Derek, do men play around more than women, or is that a common misconception? It's actually a common misconception. There is a, a perception out there that it's uh, that it's mostly men, but there is a very high percentage uh, uh, when it comes to infidelity, where it's the women who have been unfaithful in those relationships, particularly these days with social media. You know that uh, that emotional intimacy that can lead to physical intimacy progresses much much more quickly. Um, and there's been two quite recent uh, studies, one out of Melbourne um, and uh, one a nationwide study uh, showing the, the prevalence of infidelity by women in relationships. So it's, uh, it's not just a, a male thing. It's, uh, it's certainly it's, it's common among both men and women uh, when it happens in relationships. And certainly I've seen that in my counselling room. Okay, that, w- that would probably still surprise some people today to hear that. Yeah, it is actually. And, and it's funny because even in some marriage enrichment programs, um, you know, they do sometimes, uh, you know, if they haven't updated their, their resources, sort of tend to focus more on the men around that. And uh, and certainly women have given me feedback in the past and sort of said, you know, like, you know, women struggle with this as well, like, you know, and uh, and that needs to be addressed. And so it's good to see that more and more programs are really updating that. And and often it's uh, the pathway into that infidelity is, is different for men and women. Men can be uh, you know, it's it's often quite physical at the beginning, but for women, there's an emotional intimacy um, that can sometimes be there. It's interesting, you know, when when there is infidelity, um, you know, men will often if they're if the wife has been unfaithful, the woman will ask, you know, what what did you do with that person? Um, whereas the women will often ask of the their husbands if they've been unfaithful, how did you feel about that person? Um, so the, the pathways into intimacy and, and infidelity and, and the meaning that that infidelity has for different people is, is quite different, but it is there for both men and women. Okay. Yeah, that, that is interesting. Derek, what are some of the reasons that lead one or both in a relationship to seek love elsewhere? Yeah, I guess from my experience, it's, uh, it's really diverse in terms of the reasons why people have been unfaithful. Um, there can be many, many different reasons why. Um, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've had uh, experienced couples where it was revenge. You know, I'm, I'm unhappy or angry with you and that's my way of sort of getting back at this person. Um, sometimes it can be to do with addiction, sexual addiction or pornography, those sorts of things, and it's, uh, and it's something that's progressed as a result of that. Um, but more commonly... It's actually as a result of something else that is going on in the relationship. And so um, so even often in cases where you see infidelity, actually, you know, that's a, the infidelity itself is a symptom of a deeper problem that is occurring in the relationship that, sure. that I want to talk to you about things that are important, but I don't feel that I can. Uh, but, you know, John next door, he gets it, he understands, you know, and uh, or, you know, Mary at work, she understands, she gets it. And and so what happens is a relationship develops that is unhealthy for the, the couple relationship um, that ordinarily wouldn't have if they'd been able to talk about some of these things, you know, within their marriage earlier on. Um, and so often when couples sort of, uh, I see couples for counselling who are struggling with infidelity, they want to work through the pain of what's happened. Um, but I often say to them, I don't, I don't think you want to go back to the relationship that you had before, though, because, because that's what led to this, you know, that maybe we need to make some changes in other areas of this relationship as well so that it's more fulfilling and more meaningful and that this doesn't happen again. Yeah, yeah no, good point. You, you mentioned the pain involved, especially for the person being cheated on, I imagine. Uh, trust is a key word here. 
um, regaining someone's trust would, would be one of the main difficulties, I imagine. Absolutely, it is. You know, when whenever there's an infidelity, that really the person who's been unfaithful has broken, you know, the cardinal rule uh, in that mm. relationship. And uh, and if there's going to be any chance of trust being built again, honesty has to be the most important foundation upon which they start to rebuild that relationship. You know, trust is is a funny thing. It's not like it's either exists or it or it doesn't exist in a relationship. It exists to varying extents. There are people that we absolutely would trust with our life. And there are people that we know that we would never trust. But no one sort of starts out being completely trusted. You know, that builds over a period of time. And so I guess we've got to keep in mind that trust is something that is built in time and that can be rebuilt in time as well. But when there's been infidelity, the, the, the thing that the person who's been unfaithful really needs to remember is that they have to, going forward, be absolutely 100% honest. You know, that's got to be their, sure. their new future policy. What that means, though, is that um, the, the person whose spouse was, or partner was unfaithful, there's going to have, they're going to have a lot of questions. They're going to feel very hurt and they're going to have a lot of questions about how did this happen and how did you meet this person and, you know, all those sorts of things. How did you talk to one another? And, uh, and often the person who's been unfaithful, because they don't want to cause any more pain, they care about their, their partner, they want the relationship to, to heal, it's very difficult for them to, to talk about the things that they've done. Um, but they have to really keep in mind that their partner would prefer to be hurt and hear the honest truth than to, to, than to get a lie or to not have that person be 100% honest. And so sure. honesty is, you know, if they want trust and they want this person to trust them again and to build this relationship, they are going to have to embrace a policy of 100% honesty, even though it might be hurtful at times um, for the other person to, to hear the things that they have to share. That's the first most important start, you know, in rebuilding the relationship. Sure. Time for a short ad break. Back soon. Hi, Brendan from Magellan Media here. Every couple's pregnancy journey is different, especially for first-time parents. From conception to the miracle of growing life, to birth and beyond, there is nothing more precious than God's gift of a newborn baby. Becoming Parents, A Spiritual Journey is a new series of four magazines produced by Magellan Media that accompanies expecting parents through their pregnancy to help strengthen their emotional and spiritual bonds. Visit becomingparents.org.au to find out more about this great gift. Welcome back. In your years as a marriage counsellor, uh, have you found a lot of couples have moved beyond the infidelity and have learnt to trust each other and are still together? Look, I absolutely have. Um, you know, it's uh, and I, and I think there's always reason to have hope. And and those couples who do, you know, I mean, when they're in the middle of it and they're struggling with it and it's difficult, you know, they can't possibly imagine a world in which this relationship could be better than than it ever was in the past. And yet, my experience has been those couples who, and it takes time, a, lo a long time. I would say, you sure. know, we kind of give it a couple of years of us working on this. But my experience has been that these couples discover a level of romance and a level of connection in their relationship that they never actually imagined it possible right even at the beginning. So uh, there is always reason to, to be hopeful, but it takes work. And, uh, and there's no doubt about that. It requires work. 
Sure, sure. Well, that's that's uh, it's good to hear though, because a lot of people would have thought, you know, and some people have a, a zero approach to this sort of thing, zero tolerance. And uh, mm. if their partner cheats on them, they they'll say that's it, you know, it. end yep. of story. Yeah, but you yeah. know, mm. there, there is uh, optimism there, which is great. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. Derek, are there other ways people can be unfaithful, say, uh, beyond the physical or emotional side of things? Look, there is definitely other ways that people can be unfaithful. And, and often, you know, it's the case that while we sort of point to one person and say, well, you are unfaithful physically or emotionally, that actually there's been other infidelity going on as well on both sides. Um, and so, uh, you know, I guess when we enter into a relationship and particularly uh, a marriage, you know, what we essentially are saying, you know, in our vows is I choose you before all other people, you know, before all other things, I, I will put you first. I want you to be number one in my life. And so whenever we put other people and other interests and other things before our partner, we are being unfaithful to them. That doesn't mean we don't care about other people, obviously, but, you know, when it, um, when it comes to, um, you know, having to make choices about priorities, we made a clear priority. We said this person would be first. And so sometimes we're unfaithful uh, with our children. When we put our children before we put our, our partner, we can be unfaithful when we put social media before our partner and we spend more time on social media and updating our Facebook profiles than we do actually talking and connecting <laughs> with the person that we're in a relationship with. Um, yeah. We can be unfaithful with our mates and our friends, you know, when we uh, put their priorities before our partner's priorities. We can be unfaithful with extended family, you know, when we, uh, uh, you know, when we put the needs of uh, siblings and other people in our families before the needs of our, our spouse, there's an infidelity. Uh, or if we put personal interests, you know, computer games or, you know, woodwork or, you know, spending time out in the shed or, um, you know, the, the knitting and we put those things before actually this person that I promised to, to give my life to and to make number one, well, we are actually being unfaithful in those instances. And often couples, when they think of infidelity, they think of the those uh, that emotional or physical infidelity, but there are actually often mm. lots of ways that we okay. are unfaithful to uh, can be unfaithful to one another in a relationship. Is that unfaithfulness uh, worse than, um, or not worse, but a, a better form of uh, infidelity than the uh, physical side? Look, I'm not so certain that it is, you know, okay. I, I, I think it, on the outside, it might seem that way, but, uh, but I can, I've seen many couples who's, uh, and certainly, you know, when it comes to infidelity with another person, uh, you know, physical or emotional, that can be, um, it's, you know, very hurtful and fresh, but, you know, but when someone puts their work uh, before their partner over the period of 10 years, it's really hard to repair that relationship. You know, it's really hard to sort of say, well, no, 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 now you're important to me. Well, well, you weren't there when I needed you. You know, you weren't there when I was struggling. You weren't there when I was, you know, like struggling with a small child and, you know, trying to make things work at home and you weren't there. Like, you know, there's a lot of pain there often with these other kinds of infidelity as well. So it's, uh, it is something to, um, I think, couples to really be attuned to and be careful of in their relationships. Sure. And I guess if um, you are putting too much time into Facebook and ignoring your partner, then that does lead to uh, physical intimacy with someone else, doesn't it often? Or it does. And, and I kind of think, you know, often one of the biggest challenges with, uh, with things like social media is that, you know, we often we hear the big things like people developing affairs. But in a funny way, you know, we developed an affair with Facebook or, or TikTok yeah. or, you know, whatever, long yeah. before the actual person that we sort of started communicating there when we just sort of, when, you know, I kind of think at the end of a long day of work, 
you know, we actually really only get about half an hour to two hours actually of quality time with the person that we're in a relationship with. And when we give that all over to, uh, to social media, like that's really unhealthy for a, a relationship. It's much better to, you know, come six o'clock, put your phone on, do not disturb, put it on the fridge yeah. or somewhere away and, you know, make the most of the time that you've got with that person. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing about social media and smartphones and the technology. While it's fantastic in one sense, some people do sort of, it becomes their god, if you like, and they, they can neglect their children or their partner or whatever, and that's when uh, it becomes quite dangerous, I think. Yeah, it really distracts them from their number one priority. Yeah, absolutely. Derek, what sort of assistance can couples receive if one or both have been unfaithful? Look, there's uh, there's lots of things that couples can do. Um, I guess the first thing is to be careful about who you talk to about it. So what you really want, if you want to protect your marriage, if you want to save your relationship, um, you know, we can, we, we want the first people most couples will talk to are friends or family or work colleagues. They don't typically, the, the first port of, port of call typically isn't a counselor or psychologist. And, uh, and, that's, and that's, that's fine, that's understood that couples will do that. But when we share something like that with people, they, they feel a pressure to want to support us, to help us. Sometimes the way that they do that, which can be unhelpful, is by taking sides in the relationship. Mm. If you really want um, you know, the people that you're sharing with and you're getting emotional support um, from to be on the side of your relationship and to be on the side of your your marriage and for that to be uh, something that, that the two of you work on and repair, you really need, need to make that clear to people and you might want to be discerning about who you speak to about it because um, because sometimes people just can't help that. You know, it might be family members or close friends and uh, in the long term, you really want them to support your partner as well and uh, in being the kind of person that you want them to be for you in the relationship. So just being discerning about who you talk to about it. Um, speaking to other couples, if you know them, who have been through this themselves. You know, it's sometimes really hard to have hope. It's really hard to sort of see um, that things could be repaired, that there's that's possible forgiveness and reconciliation and, and compassion to happen. Um, and so if you know a couple that have been through that and managed to make it work, they can often give you some really good guidance about what it is that they learned about what that what it takes and what it demands. Definitely get help from an experienced couples therapist. Um, mm. They will really help to, to, to talk through the things. They won't take sides and, and judge. You know, they know that relationships are complex and sometimes people in relationships make mistakes and want to work out how to, to fix things. And they will help to guide you in that process and to be able to talk about the difficult things and to, to repair it. Um, but, and make it clear to the counsellor you, that your relationship is important to them, that you are wanting to work on saving it, if that's your intention, uh, so that that counsellor knows exactly what they're working towards. That's really important as opposed to helping you to decide whether you want to stay in the relationship. You know, if, uh, if, sure. if it's something that's important to you and you want to save it, make that clear to them. Okay. That's a very good point too that you make, Derek, about uh, who you tell initially. Uh, the, the the TV show Desperate Housewives comes to uh, yes. mind. That you tell the next door neighbour, Megan Loose Lips, and before you know it, it's all around the town and the village, and it gets totally out of control. Absolutely, and and people are well-meaning, but often they just don't know how to respond um, when they're in, in a you know when when we share something like that, something as big as that um, with them, they don't really know how to respond, and uh, and often they just they respond in ways that aren't helpful. Uh, and so uh, you know, if you really want people to support you and help 
the two of you to get things back on track. Talk to people that you really trust, who you know, who will care about both of you. Sure. Well, you see that on social media too. Everyone's an expert on everything these days, and yes, everyone's right. got you know an idea of how to help someone, whether it be a footballer who's done the wrong thing or whatever. Um, mm. Everyone's an expert. That's that's the trouble. Mm. Uh, now, Derek, even before a, a couple seeks professional assistance, um, is there something they can say or do to start the healing process? Yeah, I guess the first thing is to recognise that when when something like infidelity gets discovered, there is it's it's very very emotional, and there is a massive imbalance between the the, the two individuals in the relationship. And the imbalance is this: is that the person who's been unfaithful, in a way, well, they might not wanted to, it might not want to have acknowledged it to themselves. In a way, they've known that this was coming for a long time. You know that there's a part of them that knew that there's a chance here that I might get caught, and that we're going to have to have a, a conversation about this. And uh, and they've had a long time to, in a sense, prepare themselves mentally for the uncomfortable inevitability of this conversation. But for the person whose partner has been unfaithful, this is like a, a just a bomb that's gone off in their life and it's very traumatic for them, very, very uh, strong, conflicting feelings, feeling angry, feeling bitter, feeling sad, feeling grief for the loss of a way that the relationship was and loss, feeling stupid that they didn't know, um, feeling uh, insecure, all of these, just a massive storm of emotions all happening at the same time. And so they need to be really patient, very gentle with one another in the way that they move forward. And, uh, and especially in those very early stages, just make a commitment to, to knowing that this is going to be really hard to talk about and we should try to talk about it in small chunks. You know, maybe have a conversation when it gets stuck, take a little bit of break, come back to it later or the next day and just chip away at this. I mean, if you've got to sort of think of it, this is, suddenly they've discovered this huge monolith in the middle of their relationship. Um, and uh, and the way that you, you deal with something like that is you can't lift it up all at once, you know. You've just got to chip away at it and chip away at it and allow trust to build. Recognising that for the person whose partner has been unfaithful, that it's important for them to keep in mind that they have a lot of questions and there's a lot of answers that they're probably looking for, but they may not want to know everything. And uh, that, uh, that they may want to, there are some things that maybe just knowing isn't, isn't actually going to help. Um, you know, they often have details about when did you meet this person and where and what cafe and those sorts of things. Sometimes the problem with the answers to those questions is that, you know, if, if say they sort of say, well, I used to meet them at this cafe. Every single time that they pass that cafe from now on, they're going to be reminded and brought back to that traumatic experience. So there are things that they're going to want to know, and that's important for them to, to get honest answers to those things. But they might want to be discerning about what they need to know that's going to be helpful for them, you know, and, uh, sure. and it's a, a difficult question that maybe I can just, I just I don't need to know the answer to that, you know, going forward. And they need to decide is their relationship something that they want to save? You know, that you mentioned that earlier in the in the session, David, that for some couples that, that's a that's a that's a hard ending to the relationship. But for others, it's trying to work out, is this something that I want to save? Do I want to save this relationship? Has this other relationship ended where the, the infidelity has occurred? And, and if not, what needs to happen there? 
and uh, and deciding on if they're going to get counseling which i highly would recommend from a counselor or psychologist what are their goals what do they what do they want out of that experience what do they want to work through do they want to save the relationship are they trying to discern if they even want to be in the relationship and uh, and what might be the way forward in terms of what are their goals that they're trying to, to get out of that experience sure derek how important is forgiveness and compassion for the person who's been hurt paramount i'd imagine it is it's huge and it is something that is very very difficult to do um, when, when a person's been hurt that badly it's and, and i always encourage uh, couples it, it shouldn't be something that's given lightly you know that it needs to be given uh after a lot of discussion you know often the person who's been unfaithful they're, they're sorry and they're sorry for what they've done but in a way they're sorry for the the action of being unfaithful but what they've also done by doing that is brought a whole world of pain to their partner and apology and i guess an apology has sincerity to us when it really captures the gravity of what's been done you know, not just mm. I'm sorry that I had an affair, but I'm sorry that I hurt you. I'm sorry for the pain that you've experienced. I'm sorry for the anger that I caused you. And I'm sorry that you must, you know, have felt, you know, doubted your own self-worth. And, you know, that's an apology that, that carries more weight, that is more sincere and is more able to be forgiven. So forgiveness is important, um, but don't, don't give it lightly. Give it with real consideration um, because it will be a key to healing going forward. The other things to remember about healing are that, that I guess, firstly, that healing isn't forgetting, you know, and it isn't going back to doing things the way that we used to do them, you know, that, uh, that yeah. with forgiveness comes change as well, you know. Um, and, uh, and what forgiveness really is, is it means saying that from now on, you made a mistake, but from now on, I'm not going to hold that over you uh, and our relationship. You know, that I would, I want our relationship to grow and I want our relationship to develop and I'm not going to hold this against you anymore. And that doesn't mean that we're not still going to feel hurt and, uh, and that we're still not going to, um, you know, be sad or that we're going to do things the way we used to do them. But, uh, but it means, I guess, deciding that, you know, I've reached a place now where I won't hold this against you because I, I long to see the relationship be better. The other thing, I guess, about forgiveness with something like this, is that sometimes we have to forgive many times. You know, there's this beautiful um, piece of scripture um, in, uh, um, you know, in, uh, in the gospel where St. Peter says to Jesus, he says, how many times do I have to forgive right, someone? Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, seven times, like, like seven seems like a lot. And, uh, and Jesus says not seven times, but 77 times. And, and the way that we often hear that, I think, is that if this person keeps making mistakes, I have to keep forgiving them but uh, but i remember many years ago one of the uh the bishops in melbourne i met him in an airport uh and uh bishop mark edwards and he said uh something very wise to me and, and i've often thought about this in the context of couples experiencing infidelity and he said that another equally valid way to interpret that piece of scripture is that not that we necessarily keep forgiving them every time they sin but rather sometimes it's the one sin that needs to be forgiven 70 times, seven times. That, right. that we're hurt so badly sometimes with an infidelity. And if we really long to, to repair the relationship, it's not going to be enough to forgive them once. That whenever you drive past that cafe, you're going to have to forgive them. Whenever they get an SMS in the middle of the night and we're uncertain, you're going to maybe be brought back to that pain and you'll have to forgive them again. You know, that, 
uh, but it's not just necessarily a one-off experience, but it's one that we we come back to and we come back to allowing time for the relationship to heal and for things to to move forward in a way that is different and is better for the relationship. But but sometimes forgiveness is not something a one-off event. It's it's a it's a process. Yeah, no, it's a very good way of uh, explaining it. Uh, a very difficult uh, but important focus session, infidelity. Some of the main points to come out of this, uh, Derek? Yeah, sure. That, that infidelity is, is I guess, it's, it's more common than we often appreciate in our community and that we do know ways to repair relationships and that if couples uh, want to find a way to talk about, you know, the pain of the, of the infidelity and to repair their relationship, you know, we know a lot about how to do that and we can help couples and support couples to do that. But there are some important fundamental principles, which is the importance of honesty going forward, sensitivity to the, the just the really hard, difficult emotions that gradually have to be sort of worked through and, and teased apart and, and dealt with. And, uh, and knowing that forgiveness is a process that takes time, you know, and that uh, and to allow that time and that patience with that process. But that there is hope and uh, and that couples can work through it and have marriages and relationships that they never imagined possible by working through those things. Hmm. Hope springs eternal, is that famous saying? Quite mm. true. Absolutely. Uh, as usual, Derek, wonderful talking to you. Stay safe and we'll chat soon. I will. Thank you, David. <laughs>